right as an actual file because it gets cooked through this whole thing yep. you know like n- none of these systems are perfect they all need a little extra help every now and then just like how we all do go ahead and press the button good press Steve. solid punch of the button Jeez. Sorry, everybody. Everyone, I'm Ryan, and I'm taller than Steve. You are taller than Steve, and I'm Steve. That's how I know you're taller than me. And this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Oh, did you just mean Now I'm shorter. Did you just mean in your seat? Yeah. Because you're also actually taller than me. How tall are you, Steve? I am six, one and three quarters or some crap like that. I think you should measure again. Because I, I measured myself recently, and that's how tall I was. I don't know, man. I, that was that's was my. Oh, you're saying I shrunk since the I last think time maybe I both of us hided myself. Both of us might have shrunk. Maybe, yeah. So I I I was saying I was six three for a while, but I was like reluctant about it because I knew it was like in the six twos somewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, I'm in the six ones now, but okay. like close enough to six two. Is that, this like a doctor measurement or like a tape measurement measurement? This is I put myself up against the wall right. and I used the square with my skull against mm. the and I was barefoot. I was barefoot okay. and I didn't mm. go on my tippy toes or anything like that. <laughs> I tr- I trust my method. All right, I trust my method right. is is what I'm saying. Okay, so anyways, later- maybe you've shrunk, but I've been going to the chiropractor, so maybe oh, I'm ta- maybe I'm taller than you. You might now. be taller than me now. Could this be. is riveting stuff. We'll find out at Nam. Later. We'll go back to back at NAMM and someone will decide for we us. We can measure you in the hallway nah. over here where I measure my kids. Uh, so later in the episode, things are going to get really juicy, really spicy. We're going to talk about Timu and whether or not uh, they're a good business to work with and whether or I should take more money from them in the future. But first, an ad from our good buddy, constant winner of uh, the Adventures Club, Dave Santander. This is a well-equipped luthier put together parts caster tally from heaven here for you. It's from heaven. She's got a photo flame MDF body from a company called Parkson's and a refinish to match fender neck. What the fuck? Huh? Okay. Uh, we put a new hand-shaped bone nut on her and sanded aged the hardware bridge control plate, neck plate and input jack plate. They were gold, which generally I don't like. They're still tinged gold, though, and that's why we used a gold string tree and gold nuts to provide contrast to the chrome tuners. Also, speaking of contrast, we put Graftec saddles on the aged-slash-polished bridge. Working with the saddles and nut are those chrome fender locking tuners. Why not also gold? Uh, Not pictured or strap locks, but they're included. The neck pickup is a Mexican fender wide range that Tom Brantley rewound the Cunafe specs, so it's freaking fantastic, uh, as is the noise-free Lindy Fralin split blade bridge pickup. So two USA-wound, high-end, uniquely paired pickups. This is a really sweet-looking and sounding guitar. Compared to new or used imports, this axe tramples them in price, and especially in components and playability. She's got a pro setup with D'Addario, 10 to 46 strings. Be better if they were string joys. Uh, plays fantastic 10-inch radius fretboards, and she weighs 8.2 pounds, despite the weight relief holes we put in her. See photos. Finally, whilst we were taking care of this beauty, a hockey game broke out, and thus the stitches... What? Stitches, see photos. I couldn't help myself. He, he, he. She shipped in a hard shell case for a few bucks left, less. A padded gig bag. Listed shipping costs are just guesses. Thanks for looking. Merry Christmas. 
Happy New Year, Jam and Josie Wales Kane. Steve refused to look at the photo of the stitches. Like he wants to read the description yeah. before anything I'm else look, enters I'm his looking, brain. Is it all, are the stitches on the back? No. You'll you'll see them. There they are. <laughs> I wish they were real stitches. This marker. Like there's a crack around there's the a, binding, yeah. and he he did marker or a little bit of paint or something like that to make it look like stitches. Okay, this uh, is, what, hold on. What I still have not... So this is a Belmar Resto Mod guitar. The brand is Belmar. Well, that's like the modifier or whatever. Yeah. Nothing looks like it fits together quite right. Like, look at the gap in between the control plate and the pit guard. Uh, the gap in between the bridge and the pit guard, that's pretty normal. You see that all the this time. This is $700. Just seeing plenty of orange peel on the, 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 the top of the guitar here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the photo flame thing, it looks fun, but yeah, orange peel galore going on. Um, it's a its a parts bucket. Like, it is full of parts to the point where, why sell it? Just take it apart. You liked all these parts. Take it apart and keep the parts. And, and you know, offload the body and the neck if you don't want them anymore. Everything is so modified. Did you see the weight relief yet? Yes. Jeez. It's, like, how can, how can you even sell this and with a straight face, you know? How do you, how do you put holes that big in the bottom of a Telecaster and still have it weigh over eight pounds? Tom, Tom Brantley is a guy. Apparently, he does the pickups for Getty Lee. Sure. Uh, so that's well. So that's one thing because he name drops Tom Brantley. Like, we should know who he is. Right, right. And it he's, sounds a, he's like a known quantity. He is, uh, he is a real person. He exists. You can look uh, him up and learn things about him. But, man, there's just so much going on here. This is such a personality piece. It's a hard sell. Like, I he's. I think he's trying to be optimistic with the $695 plus $75 shipping. That's a hard sell because you can get yourself into some really good access for 700 bucks. And yeah, it, it, there, there's some specs going on here. Like the, the pickups sound cool. I like the sound of what he's describing with the pickups. I, I, I think those sound neat. Sell the pickups. Take them out, part them. Yeah. Sell the pickups individually. Uh, try to match as much of this hardware and put it in a Ziploc freezer bag and put it on eBay. You know, like there's the, the body's really rough. The body, I, so I'm looking up because it says it. It's from a company called Parkinson's. Parkinson's is a Korean brand that's part of apparently the Paxville Corporation. Why is this important? Because there's one word I would not be looking this up. I would I would not care as much otherwise. But there is one word. Oh my gosh, there's so much information. Get to it, Steve. There's one Photo word. Photo flame, which is fine. We all we both know what that is. We all right, know right. what that is, right? It's a picture of a flame. MDF body. Ooh. That's why the, that weight relief looks so weird. From looking around the bottom, the area around the jack plate, there's multiple cracks on the side yeah. of this body. That's not a wood crack. That's a, that's just like it's going to crumble crack. Yeah. Like the entire bottom of the guitar, which is this angle with the holes, there's at least one, two, three four visible cracks that's why it's eight pounds is because it's all glue plus that top where the stitches are like there's a crack there 
it's it's weird. Why do I have the suspicion that this fender neck? Because I know it's a refinished fender neck. Yeah. Why do I have the suspicion of it coming off a very specific fender? Coming off of one of those like early two thousands like hyper modern versions of a Telecaster. Do you know what I mean? The ones that had like the carve like the slightly carved top to them. I know what you are saying. I don't know why I'm getting that impression from it. Like it's a Telecaster neck. And what if I told you? I think that's just a Squire neck. You think it's just Squire? You don't think they just clear coated over the existing Fender logo with a bunch of rattle can stuff? Yeah, oh, man, that's a rough burst. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I just got a weird vibe from it that made me think it was that specific well, there's, model there's of Fender. No, um, there's no. The more I look, why are my words so broken because tonight? Because it's because it's late at night. We record the podcast late at night, and we're always uh, fried. There's no uh, tele. Hold on, tele. Everyone tell Steve to quit SMT. his high-paying professional job know, that he know. went to school for, so that he can podcast with me in the middle of the day on a Wednesday instead of at eight o'clock at night there's a guy oh yeah all of those high performance telling necks had bound were bound too i think oh okay um i think this is a squire neck because there's no trust uh trust thing oh yeah you're right uh i was gonna i was thinking maybe it was one of the like koa or light ash necks but those are all bird's eye uh there's a guy who on both the this thing's a parts bucket like it's like he put a bunch of cool parts on it or cool yeah, but he put a bunch. He put a bunch of nice parts on there that he wanted, but none of them are like worth paying the price yeah, for. He this. did some work that made it kind of interesting. It's six hundred and fifty dollars. These two pickups in there uh, are maybe worth like three hundred dollars. He should park them out one hundred and fifty each. Just there, there's some good hardware on it, but at the end of the day, it what this looks like to me is a Squire neck. On Parkinson's is a Korean import brand. It's MDF. Makes like a sub $200. It's an Ikea guitar. shelf. Yeah. Yeah. It's an Ikea shelf. Like, 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 and look, he's got a pile of other guitars behind it. Some of them don't have tuners. Just move the tuners over to your next project. Mm-hmm. Move the hardware to something else. Like the, you, this, it, it looks good from 10 feet away sort of thing, but once you start getting up on, on the paint job and on the headstock and when you see those gaping holes in the butt end of this thing, I mean, some people might get excited about those gaping holes, but I'm not excited about them. It just looks like this thing's going to fall apart. Uh, nothing fits together quite right. Uh, all the, all this metal stuff has been scraped up and, and customized. <sighs> No, thank you. No, this, thank you. This the uh, stitch thing is like I I do wish that he had done real stitches, like some twine or some fishing uh, 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 line through there to do some real fishes to, to do, do to do some real stitches to hold that thing together. I think that would have been funny instead of doing the uh, the paint thing. There is a link belmarguitar.com, uh, or rather, there's a website. It kind of just looks like a guy who's running a kind of a refurb. He does build some of his own tops it looks sure. like some kind of i don't know if this is i'm um, the picture oh what in the world 
Oh, he's going to put a top onto an existing body, which might be what he did here. You think he photo flamed like it maybe himself? Maybe he photo flamed it himself onto this other body. Um, there's a this chance guitar's on here. There's a chance he's going to watch this because, you know, the link will get shared around and his buddies will see it. Or maybe he already watches the show or whatever. Like, I'm sorry that we trashed on your thing, but also like... Uh, like you take the take it as free consulting. Like you know this this one's not quite there. Yeah. I mean, it might play great. I don't know. There's just some things about it that make me kind of wonder what kind of real. It looks like a home project. Quality it, it, could be. it looks like something someone did for themselves, and the price just. Yeah. And it's I, not it's not it's not worth it to sell that thing as it is. Sell the parts. And I think conceptually maybe what this guy's doing is he's finding stuff that is like broken on offer up in Facebook sure. Marketplace and he's he's giving it a fresh life. And that's cool. Like that the, is cool. Uh, it's kind of like upcycling guitars. It's cool that these parts aren't just immediately being thrown in a Christmas yeah. incinerator, you know. <laughs> but I I uh at least this particular combo is kind of all over the map and it's a lot of stuff yeah it's like every part of this is important to the point where none of it is important anymore you know you know what i take it back i don't think he photo flamed this himself i think he now that i see what he does or what there's actually four people who do this so they four luthiers they say as they describe themselves not they call out that they are not techs Mm. they're luthiers uh, so I think they bought a Parkinson's Telecaster or a Parkinson's body. Maybe the neck was broken uh, and they matched it to a fender or like I said, I think this is a squire neck. Right. I, I could be wrong. You could be wrong, but I, I could be right. Mm-hmm. Just as like, uh, the public image limited song says, you could be wrong. You could be right. Oh, that song. Yeah. Yeah. What's next, Steve? What's next is we have a whole bunch of people who came in over the holidays to support us on Patreon. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah. Just in time. Actually, I think I got most of these processed, but not every. I sent out a package uh, yesterday as of recording this yesterday. Um, So at least some of these people will be getting packages uh, from the Patreon soon. They're stickers and picks and for the ten dollar level some straps though we're almost out of all those straps those straps we got from premier guitar uh but at the five dollar level we got nick call dave warrenfeltz bj pierce and rob parentheses scary mountain wizard and at the ten dollar level uh tim cornfield who he's been actually supporting us for a very long time wow uh he dropped off for a while and now he's back welcome back ten uh Brian Spears, Stian Larson, and David Holzer. So thanks, everyone. If you want a lot of new people. If you want to support the production of this show, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash 60cyclehumcast, whether it's a dollar, uh, $5, $10, whatever amount you want to give. Uh, it just helps us make this show. It, it pays for... We actually have uh, recording nights. major bills coming up. We do have some so major bills coming up. Every little bit... Really, really does help this time of year because we're about to go to Nam. Yeah, uh, we're we're paying for what four days of Airbnb uh, sharing Thursday night for for me because I you might be going up uh, 
for me. But we're just talking about the what, the what we're paying for for the podcast. Because uh, I'm going to yeah. pay for the... Okay. I'm going to go up and use the Airbnb possibly for Disney purposes with the family. Yeah. So Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. So four, four nights. nights. Yeah. We got to cover four nights of Airbnb. And we're going to you know be taking Ubers around and stuff like that and, and having meals. And, yeah. And who knows what... Uh, like, there's a very real possibility we're going to... We're going to burn through like $1,500 at NAM. Oh, I'm sure. Like easy. So you know, the Patreon really, really, really helps this time of year. So yeah. huge thanks to everyone who stuck around for that. And uh, in the future, when the funds get back up, I'm going to get back to covering some awful cheap stuff off of the internet for some Patreon funded videos. So keep an eye out for that as well. That was yeah, it, growing in popularity until we ran out of funds recently. Uh, we, uh, this episode is also brought to you by Chase Bliss. Oh, Hey, a sponsorship. Thank you. you know, Chase we Bliss. throw that out. Hold on. We throw that out there like that. You're going to do some cheap stuff, but, uh, potentially if there was an enough support for it, not just not support monetarily, but like if the Patreon said like, instead of saying like, Hey, instead of doing, a cheap pedal a month or whatever. Yeah. What's you, the real you, deal with Murphy lab you, stuff? You pull a, you pull a few, uh, well for Murphy lab stuff, you pull a few years together of Patreon <laughs> funds. Uh, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Let's it, find out what you really get when you get a Murphy lab aged Gibson. Didn't Anderton's just make that video? Probably. He did. <laughs> uh, but anyway, like, you know, who knows? Patreon, the Patreon videos are just, Y'all are in the Patreon. Tell us, tell us what kind of yeah. Patreon funding. Back to the sponsorship, want. Steve. This, well, the those people are also the sponsor. I know. This I know. episode is brought to y'all by Chaseless, Chaseless Audio. Audio. This is the blooper. This is in the trinity of delay machinery, glitchy noise making, blooper, nonsense the pedals, habit and the mood. Yeah. Uh, but this is the blooper. It's the looper of the set. They just came out with a lossy, and I just saw someone on the internet describe the lossy as a blooper sweetener. I don't know what that means, but okay. Yeah. My <laughs> my favorite thing is I think it was um, Philip, who I do the Sunday morning shows with mm -hmm. about once a month, uh, was saying that the blooper is an is it the blooper? No, the gen loss is like an accidental blues machine. Ah, okay. Like he, because you don't, when you think of Chase Bliss, you don't think of like blues guitar, but he said that the, the gen loss is like perfect for getting that like 1940s. Like lo-fi. Lo-fi. Robert Johnson. Exactly. Like needle on wax sort of sound. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, that. he's like, it's perfect for that, which I'm sure the lossy is too. Sure. Um, yeah. The blooper. I can't tell you a lot about it because I don't understand it. <laughs> Chase no Bliss one understands it for pedals. They're, they're gifts from outer space that are more creative, creative than, than you are. are. Check them out. Chase bliss audio. No, just chase bliss.com. Yeah. They don't do audio anymore. Now it's more visual. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this was sent by Matt Carnavali. We just have like a best of the best. I know going on heavy here, hitters episode. Uh, this is Matt Carnavali. Uh, here we have a very stunning and rare early sixties, Carvin, hand-built in Covina, California. Smooth playing action, very natural-sounding instrument, simplicity done right. Original tremolo, all parts appear original. This guitar was kept inside for the last 60-plus years and kept very well. The pickups work, however, the hardware needs cleaning as the bridge pickup cuts in and out. The neck works fine. There aren't any reasons why this guitar shouldn't be played. The frets have plenty of life, fresh setup, new strings, ships fast, OHSC. 
So here's a piece of like underappreciated Southern California guitar history. Like this is Carvin before they became the Carvin that you think of them as from the eighties and the nineties. This is Carvin before they became the Carvin that you think of them as before they became Kiesel. Right, right, right. Well, like, you know, you and I grew up seeing yeah. Carvins all over the place because they're, they moved to, to San Diego yeah. before we came of age and were a San Diego brand for a long time. Uh, and they made this very specific, like, kind of like for, mixture of, like, throwback to the late 70s through 90s sort of vibe mm -hmm. of guitars. Like, we're going to sandwich woods. We're going to give it super rounded edges. We've got, like, these, like... 60 pole humbuckers that we put in all our guitars. You want to throw Floyd Rose on there and some flamey wood and stuff. We'll do it. But before all that, mm -hmm. Carvin was this like Bakersfield country vibe, right. sort of like folky take on California, Southern California electric guitar construction that were very, very unique. This is a, a sixties example of that. I kick myself every time I think about it. I ran into a 70s version of this. Okay. At Freedom Guitars, when, when Freedom mm -hmm. Guitars was still around. Uh, uh, Jason Lee, who actually worked for Carvin, and I think he still works. He's still at Kiesel. He's still at Kiesel. He, he hinted it to me. He's like, you got to go over to Freedom. They've got mm -hmm. this uh, early 70s Carvin, and it's got an original Bixby on it. You should get it. And he was like, hey, they've got it listed for 800 I think if you offered 450 they would do 550 and you'd be out the door with it. I should have listened to Jason Lee. Why didn't you listen to Jason Because Lee? at that point, I didn't have a, a guitar YouTube channel. <laughs> and also, like, I didn't have the appreciation for what it was yet. But I remember picking it up and playing it and be like, yeah, this feels really slick. I was a little put off because it had some blemish blemishes in the what? finish. What? Yeah, it had some blemishes in the finish. Ryan, are you telling me that you tried out a 30-year-old guitar and it had some blemishes Well, at that in the point, finish? it was 40 years old. Uh, or was it? I don't know, 35. Something like that. It had like a beautifully old Bigsby on it. Mm. It had these style pickups on it. Oh, wow. Which is like a like I I forget the the lineage of these pickups, but mm -hmm. they're they're cool pickups. They sound any good. It I don't think I don't think it had four knobs. I think it was a two knobber. It was sunburst two knob job. It had it had that headstock and that badge on it. It was a, a carbon uh, of Kavina. Mm -hmm. I should have tried to wheel and deal for it. If I could go back in time, I totally would. Because it was super, super good feeling. Uh, I have no idea what's going on with this trim design here. It looks super unique. Uh, we can't see uh, how it actually operates. But I, what it looks like to me is that it clamps around the strings. Yeah. And maybe you can slide it forward and back on the strings. And then it just... I think, like, it's, I don't, a, I think it's a palm. So I think you just... So I, it, I think you're just playing and then you kind of would like put your hand on it and push it. And, and I think push the strings forward. I think with that, if I'm understanding what I'm looking at, it will never loosen the strings. It will only tighten it because it, it's like pinching the strings to right. increase yeah. tension. It's yeah. an inc if I if that's what I'm seeing, if I'm understanding it correctly, it's an incredibly simple device yeah. that probably works just fine. 
in, in its own way. I'm surprised this thing still has a bridge cover on it. That's something mm-hmm. that I would have taken off if this was my guitar because I like to roll my, my palm around on the bridge. Right. It's just neat to see a piece of history like this. And it's like kind of like an underserved piece of mm-hmm. guitar history too because this brand never really blew up when it was in this era. Yeah, it did. It's it's never really gotten recognition from this era of manufacturing, and I think this era is its coolest era of manufacturing. Well, Ryan, I would tell you that you could own this for one thousand eight hundred and thirty-five dollars, but it's sold. I know it's sold already. It's sold and already. I I like maybe in fifteen years, twenty years, whatever, I'd be looking at something like this on this show, and it'll be priced at five thousand dollars. Like I should have bought that one for <laughs> seventeen fifty. I should have been on eBay looking for those when you could get them for under two grand. And it's going to be the same story that I've got right now. Like oh, should have bought it when I probably could have got it for five hundred dollars. That like, uh, that buttercream, whatever vintage white, uh, SG. Yamaha SG whatever that was up by my place mm-hmm. up in Lake Elsinore um, got relisted recently at like 1700 Wow. $300 price drop. So from when I first sent it to you. So send me a link to that again. Could be your, could be your time. Could be your time. <laughs> I'll find it later. Uh, do we want to do another thing or are we going to get into we the topic? We want to do what's new, Ryan. You got anything what's new? new? I'm i is that what's new? We oh, well, talk this about is going to be new. Look at that right there, guys. That's the new version beauty. of the 5050. It's in a new case. It's got a chromey back. It's got a new circuit board. You've got some issues that were ironed out to be a little oh, bit mo- more modern in there. Cool. It sounds the same. I plugged it in the other day and did an AB against my other ones. Like, it sounds the same. Mm. It does the same great thing. Uh, these are going to be for sale soon. Steve and I just signed the bottom plates for like 60 of them. For numbers 111 through 167. So like 55. Yeah. Uh, is, that real, is this the third batch? This is the third batch because the okay. first batch was orange and we did a black batch. Now we're doing another orange batch right. with uh, this art. Um, people in the inner circle have already gotten first dibs on this. So whatever's, well, they, whatever's they, left is what you guys are going to have access to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be more than a few left. And then after that, you won't be able to buy any more ever again until Leon makes more at his own discretion, which he'll probably do fairly quickly because we're going to move him into production. Yeah. So don't don't get all excited and think that you're going to be Mr. Scalper and flip these things for a thousand bucks because we're just going to put them into production. Also, because no one's going to pay you a thousand bucks for one of these things. <laughs> Ryan, I do have a question though. Do we have a price point on these yet? Uh, Leon and I just. We, Leon and I did discuss it, but I, I can't remember what we landed on. It's not going to be what it used to be. It's going to be a little bit more because of inflation. It's been like four or five years since we did yeah. a run of these. Uh, but it's it's going to be normal. It's going to be reasonable stuff. Okay. It's, it's not going to it's not going to be eight hundred dollars. No. The way you no. thought that you were going to have to pay. I know you were starting to sell stuff, so you could have eight hundred dollars mm-hmm. in your pocket to buy one. But it's not going to be eight hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I don't know the price off the top of my head. Okay, uh, that's fine. I just didn't know. If, uh, yeah, if yeah. you knew. Other than that, um, I think I'm gonna give I'm I'm gonna give the goth band that I've been trying out one more shot. <laughs> We're auditioning a new bassist uh, uh, this Saturday. I'm gonna see how it feels. I'm gonna see how it plays out. If there's not 
significant new hope, then mm-hmm. it's probably going to be my last practice. Did, did you them. get a base player for Vulture Shock? Uh, we did. You did. We okay. did. We, we did pick one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we have not had a sub subsequent practice with right. said base player. And, and also we're going to bring on that guitar player as and well. And since I asked the question, you know, it's not me. It's not no. you. Yeah. <laughs> you have anything new, Steve? Yeah. I bought a pedal. Do you ever... Huge surprise. I know. Do you ever... Uh, well, I also bought some, uh, started buying some of the stuff I wanted to buy for Nam. Okay. Um, but do you ever, um, I do, you do, I do. Do you ever have a brand that you've wanted to buy a pedal from for a very long time and you just like, don't do it. And you don't really know why you haven't done it. Honestly, I can tell you why it's because this, and this is going to sound dumb when I say who the brand is. Their pedals are kind of intimidating to me because I feel like maybe I, I can't they are harness yet. them well enough because I'm not hard rock enough. I'm not doomy enough. Who'd you buy a pedal from, Steve? Uh, they were running a sale that I took advantage of. So this is, again, why Edge I say my seat right if now. you have a brand that you Steve, like. Master of Suspense. If you have a brand that you like, get on their mailing list. Get on their social media, follow them because you might get like a 20% off sale. And this is a brand that doesn't do sales. They do like one sale every five years. I bought a Fuzzrocious little fella. Oh, did you? Yeah. Good job. Fuzzrocious is an awesome brand. And they're an awesome brand. And I've just always like every, so I played a little fella, like probably whenever the last time they were at NAMM and they mm-hmm. had them. I, I miss put, Ryan. I played one and I was like, this pedal's awesome. I know awesome. my name is Ryan, but Ryan is also uh, the guy behind Fuzzrocious. Uh, and so I bought, I, I, uh, I played it. I was like, this is awesome. I really need to get one of these because the little fella has a, a very wide range. Like it's, it's like a overstortion. Right. <laughs> like it does the full gamut. It does overdrive sounds. It, it goes all the way into like some fuzz areas. It's super flexible. And I just like never pulled the trigger. Well, here you are. You I did finally it, pulled the trigger. You finally did it. Steve so, finally bought a pedal. It hasn't shown up yet. Otherwise I'd be showing it, but, sure, sure. uh, I'm really looking forward to that coming in and I'm really looking forward to playing with that. So, making some big, some big sludgy doom, doomy sounds. I, st- I still have the moth that I demoed. Oh yeah. Them. The moth is cool. Killer cool pedal. Yeah. Makes crazy sense. But you know what? That's exactly what I mean. It's like, so I was going between the little fella and the croak mm, and croak the croak is, is a, too. the little fella is like, it's a dirt pedal. So I know I can make it work and I know it does a lot of things. The croak is one that was like a super ton of fun to play with, but I'm like, I need to, when I, are you going to use it? You well, know? it's not even, when am I going to use it? It's that I've got the antique that, uh, antique then from Catalan right now. I've got the Spellbrook from David Ross and they both are also in like, the noise machine category. I'm like, I need to buy a. Ra- well, I really, I just need to not buy pedals. But if you're, if I'm going to buy a pedal, I'm going to buy one that Steve don't I say that. That'll that'll make me sad if you say that you're not going to buy pedals. I'm always going to buy pedals. Why? How come every time you buy a pedal, it's some pedal that I don't have an affiliate link for? Steve, come on, help me out here. Um, <laughs> that one I did not buy, but I think I bought all of my uh. I bought uh, my stuff I needed for Nam uh, off of your Amazon link. Oh, so did you? I bought Thank a you. sling bag, or like it's a like a crossbody sling. Mm-hmm. I was so, just joking, by the way, but thank you, anyways. Uh, and I bought what was the other thing I bought? It was like a hundred bucks. I don't, I don't remember, but I bought another thing that All was right. like a hundred bucks. Oh, I bought a mouse. 
I need a new mouse. They sell live animals on Amazon? Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> no, I needed a new mouse for my desk at home because the scroll wheel on mine, yeah. the one that I have, uh, stop, isn't like tracking right. Like when you scroll down, sometimes it scrolls up. And uh, back That's in the, the wrong direction. Back in the day, I would just take the mouse apart. But these newfangled mice, they don't have screws in the bottom, so nope. you can't take them apart. So I just have to buy a new one. Demand, you write, write your local congressperson, your local one, and demand the right to repair. Make it so everything can be taken apart so that you can repair it. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that. Good luck. Uh, this episode's also brought to you. Do you have anything else? Nope. Oh, this episode's brought to you by Stringjoy. I'm looking forward to seeing the Stringjoy folks at NAM. Oh, yeah. But let me tell you about these strings. These are the orbiters and they're fantastic. And I say this every week because every week it continues to be true. I have them on my Les Paul at home, which I play two or three times a week and I put the strings on them. I don't know how long ago, a long time it's ago, a, it's a mystery several months point. ago. Uh, and it still plays great. It still feels great. It, they're still, still slippery, s- still slippery, sleek strings. Yeah. They're coated. So, they're coated with enamel, just yeah. like your teeth, just like they're not going to go bad unless you rub candy all over them. Yep. And I wash my hands before I play. Mm-hmm. So the stickiness of the candy that I just ate is no longer on my fingers. My, my strings actually do go bad faster than yours. And that's why they call me sugar fingers. That's my blues name. That's true. Uh, <laughs> so click the link below. So string joy knows that we sent you and use code H U M at checkout for 10% off. That's right, Steve. Are you Enjoy. ready to get into the nitty-gritty controversial stuff? Oh, my stuff? gosh. Let's do this. Do you have a, some comments that you want to start with on this, or no. how do you want to approach okay, this? Okay, so I've done two uh, paid demos. Right. you did Paid the- videos via Timu. Timu paid me money. Yeah, you did the, M- the M-Vaves? Yeah, I did, a bunch of, I did a bunch of M-Vave pedals because I'd been wanting to cover those. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just so happened to have them. Timu had hit me up, and I was like, "Well, let's see what they have." Oh, they have the Invaves. I'll I'll give it a shot. Let's see how this yeah. goes. Uh, it was a little weird working with with Timu because like they're not a, the normal type of company that I work with. Mm-hmm. They're a weird retailer through an app and stuff like that. Uh, so they had certain things that they wanted to happen. They just really all that team wants or wanted in the videos was for me to read this line that was honestly not written all that great. Right. Like, the grammar was a little bit off, but it was like, tell your audience to uh, download the app and do this thing and put in this code yeah. to maybe get to, to get this amount off or to get 30% off or something like that. And I was like, okay, I can read that. That's fine. And then I'll just do my own thing. I'll do an unboxing. I'll do an affordable board video. Mm-hmm. And then they hit me up again after that. They're like, oh, we'll pay you the same rate. Uh, you want to do it again? And, and here's the budget. You can go shopping with, with this budget. Mm-hmm. And I was looking through everything. I was like, there's really not a lot left here. There's a lot. There's a lot of garbage on Timu. And then I finally figured out like, oh, there's enough guitar parts here that I could build a guitar. And so then I built this guitar. Yes. And so people, not a lot of people noticed when I did the the first one with the pedals. Well, but, the t- so I will say the title on that first one was like M-Vave Right. Pedals. It was all about the M-Vave pedals. Uh, are they worth it or something like that? And this one was titled, Can You Build a Guitar 
or yeah, can you build a guitar with Timu parts? Right, right. Timu so actually... parts guitar, and I put the Timu logo in the thumbnail, yeah. so it caught a lot more attention. Yeah, and I was already aware that there were a lot of concerns out there about Timu. Uh, and then we got a ton of comments on the video of me making this guitar in that direction. I had looked into those details before and I had my thoughts on them and, and, and we'll get into all that. Uh, but I thought it would be fun because they hit me up again. They want me to make a video for February. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I have no idea what I'll actually do. Cause like I said, a second ago, it's full of trash. There's not a lot of great stuff on there. Yeah. There's not really all that much to work with as far as what I do, but I'm debating taking the money and doing something dumb, like halfway, like just to entertain myself also just because it'll pay bills. When they, when they first came out as a company and they were first like building up and I don't know if I don't, I never downloaded the app. I'm not going to buy anything from them. Mm -hmm. I don't need to. No one does. Uh, no, first no of all, one like, needs, I don't think I need No to. one needs anything from uh, Timo. But the people that I knew who were promoting it, like people I know personally. Right. Who were, I guess, I don't know if they were trying to get on the radar or what. These are people who are. Are you talking about fellow guitar creators? No, I'm talking about like people who are former friends of ours. Okay. Um, who, you know, they don't live here anymore. I'd say not former because they're bad people. Uh, we just haven't seen them in a just while. Just people that, like, I would say, have dropped from the friends list to the acquaintances list, and maybe all right, all right. Further, anyway, you'll have to tell me later who you're so talking they're, about. They're social media friends at this point, and not maybe not real life friends. Okay, okay. Uh, but uh, the point is, is they were promoting Timu, and the way that they described it was was almost like, and this is the way their early promotional, their their user generated content commercials uh, were really all designed around this gamification, this like yeah. this, you got to get on there and check what the deals are right now because the deals right now aren't going to be the deals in an hour. And so wasn't the, there another site that was doing that? Like, yeah, deal. Like, was it deal dash or something like that? I feel like the, that format comes up every five years on the internet. Like, Oh, you got to go to this site. Like you could get, you could get a computer for $5. Like yeah. that sort of, like it's been done a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of times. And like it, like that whole thing on Timu, every time I tr go try to find stuff to shop for, it just makes it a mess. I'm sure some people love it, but it's like it for someone like me, who's looking for specific stuff, it's a very difficult site to shop from. Yeah, like, I think it's chaos. Over I think there. deal dash is, is kind of was also doing that. Now deal dash is one of those sites where for every bid you make, you have to pay like five cents. Oh, so you could, funny. so technically you could buy a Nintendo switch for $10 but because there's like a thousand people who are all bidding the price up five cents at a time, like little by little, like cent by cent. So when you bid five cents, you're actually, you're actually going to pay 10 cents. And then when right. you, and so on, because you're paying but per then, bid. Like I remember checking it out when that was going on. And by the time that I had found out about it, everyone else had found out about yeah. it. And it was like, oh, well, all this stuff is just selling for normal prices because everyone just bids it up to a normal price. So what's even the point yeah so some of the early criticisms with that with timu is they would say like oh every hour we're selling whatever like i think they were nintendo switches for like a hundred dollars and basically they'd say like we have 10 of these and when you have 10 of them and in theory you have like a millions 
a million or millions. A millions. One million or more than one million, several millions of people on your site all at once trying to get 10. There's no way for all of those people to get together and say like there was never a product because you're not going to track down the 10 people who won. Right. 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 So there's, there was a lot of that with like their, the way that they were advertising early on. Let's um, uh, let, but, but the reality, okay. so I was going to say is what the reality is. I think what they do do now a lot is they track like what's popular on Amazon and that's all they carry. So guitar stuff is never super popular on Amazon. There's a ton of guitar stuff on Amazon though. Like but maybe not to the amounts to like that, they're, that they're going to be profitable. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's hold on a, a moment. Let, let's, I know let, we're off the rails. Let's streamline this a little bit because there's, there's very specific criticism yes. of Timu that came up a lot in the comment section and come up a lot outside of the videos that I made that I might make in the future. I might not work with them again. I might work with them again. I might take that check and make some utter nonsense mm-hmm. that happens to have Timu in the title. So I get lots of clicks again, <laughs> but what are you doing? Stop digging with No, no I'm doing something. I'm not going to push the thing. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so huge concerns that people have. Yes. Slavery. Malware. Mm-hmm. What's the third one? China. China. These these are the big concerns that people have. Okay. And, I mean, obviously, these are legitimate concerns. These are things that, the, well, at least the first two are things that, like, if true, should definitely grab everyone's ears and grab everyone's attention, and they should definitely stop in their tracks and be like, oh, I think we should look into this. And I've... I've spent the past two days trying to look into it like not mm-hmm. full days but like in, in the time that i had i was reading four, articles 48 hours you have not slept <laughs> i was watching videos yeah i was trying to get to the bottom of things and i i i, I timu is a trash website i want to make that very clear mm-hmm. like i don't think it's a cool place to shop i don't think it's a good place to shop Mostly because I don't think there's good stuff you, there. You mean good by like a user experience. The user experience kind of sucks for me anyways. Right. Uh, the stuff that's on there, like it was fun to get some affordable board pedals. Like mm-hmm. there are some affordable board pedals on there. But like in that first video that I made, a lot of people pointed out, oh, I found this cheaper on AliExpress. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad people were pointing that out because they're like, yeah, I hope everyone reads the comments and goes look on, looks on AliExpress instead. You know, right. <laughs> like, right. go get it cheaper somewhere else. Who cares? There's just a lot of junk on there. It's it's like a it's like your your local swap meet where there's just plastic trinkets, yeah, and yeah. and like knockoff things and like off brand things and stuff like that, like Sonic foot washer machines and whatever. Sure, you know it's that sort of stuff. So who even cares? But addressing like the slavery stuff and the malware stuff. Well, let, I, let's talk about why. Let, okay. okay. Because I think it's I'll the, let you guide. I think it's the lowest hanging fruit. Let's sure. talk about why we both think and I think this is a point we agree on um why the saying like oh they're they're Chinese, they're a Chinese company, you know, when you buy from them, you're supporting the Chinese government. Like I think that's the worst of these three arguments. It's the dumbest take because because what like every time someone makes that comment, yeah. like oh, just stuff from China. I always I don't always, but I always want to ask, 
what device did you type this comment right. on? Did you what device from, are you, you holding in your phone? You're holding a device in your hand right now, or you're sitting at a computer, or you're maybe at the public library. Where did they? Where where did that computer yeah. come from? What's your phone, Ryan? You got an Apple phone. I right? got an Apple. Phone. I got an Apple phone. Apple phones are made in China, as far as I know. And it, even if you have some phone that happens to be made somewhere else, I guarantee you a majority of the components inside right. came from china so i, I like that it's the, it's the reality of the of the retail world that we live in if you're commenting and using these devices and browsing the internet you you, you are using products that came from china yeah so so i guess so it's, you, just, it's a moot point you can make the argument that like it's more direct because they're you're interacting directly with like a chinese link company versus right buying you know when you buy an, an iphone you're buying a phone from an american company Apple or a global multi corporate or a multinational corporation, whatever the hell Apple is these days. Right. Right. Um, and so you're supporting, but Apple presumably pays taxes in the United States and maybe Timu doesn't because I, I don't know how that stuff works, but that's kind of the argument of like, well, you're buying Chinese stuff from a company controlled by Americans. So maybe there's a very small argument there, but I think for the most part, the reality is, is the vast majority of things that you buy anywhere are manufactured in China and, or, and it's or just, somewhere adjacent. And it's just the kind of world we live in. So, so I just want to get that off because I, again, I don't think it's a valid argument. I don't really think that uh, the, the idea of don't like avoiding China, buying these things is useful. I think if you don't think you should buy things from Timu, I would go a step further and say you probably just don't need to buy 90% of the things that you buy. Right. You really like, only need bread, cheese, eggs, and milk. Right. The issue isn't that you're buying guitar parts from Timu, like cheap guitar parts from Timu. The The problem is that you're just buying cheap guitar parts buying, in general. Yeah, you're just buying junk. So, so I just want to wipe that out. The second thing uh, of the other two things you mentioned, let's start let's with talk about let's talk about malware, malware because yeah. because the slavery thing is going to be a bigger and more delicate subject. Yeah, yeah, obviously, obviously, the malware thing. I wasn't able to find a ton of information. What it sounded like to me was that their sister company got caught using uh, malware. Yeah, well, so outside the, of the U.S., it's the parent company, parent Pin, company, Pinduoduo. Duo. Uh, had a version of their app that had malware into it. Now, where it gets kind of gray is they fired the team that designed that app, that wrote that app, but then supposedly in firing them, what they really did is they fired them from Pinduoduo and hired them at Timu. And I have, I did see reports that that various people have said that they shopped through Timu and then they started getting false charges on their cards right. and stuff like that. Like, that can happen. I, again, Team Who is a trash website. I don't care. I, I don't want to defend them, but let's be rational here. That can happen a lot, a lot of different ways. And right. like you should, you should absolutely keep an eye on your bank account, mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. if you start buying through a retailer or from a source that you've never done anything with before. Use credit cards, use PayPal, use things that will get you your money back as much as yeah. you can in this world. Like, that, that stuff can happen if you go to a new restaurant. Uh, but like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if people are saying that they're getting, they're getting bad charges from Timu, like that could, that could be a legitimate thing. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just certain sellers on Timu. I don't know. 
in that whole malware thing, uh, they were suspended from the Google Play Store mm-hmm. at one point. I don't know if they're on there now. Was it? It wasn't Timu though. It was the yeah, the other one. Was it the other one? The other one was suspended. I don't know if Timu ever was. That was a part of the story. I did not fully. It wasn't really fleshed out well. Here's the thing, like. If you read the comments on the Timu guitar video, mm-hmm. some of them are like so, so sure of like, well, you should do your research because uh, they definitely are using malware and they are definitely stealing all your information. Yeah. And then you actually try to find the news sources, the, the what, what that's related to, and it just gets murky really quick. And it just gets into like, well, it was reported to blah, blah, blah. And this person kind of said this and that. And it's like, Where's the big story here? Like it just, right. it feels like something happened and then everyone, like there's a ton of people on the internet became absolutely certain that something else happened or yeah. that, that a much more specific version of that thing is happening. And it just doesn't feel that cut and dry. It doesn't feel like, here is the thing that is absolutely happening the way that the, these commenters are saying, mm-hmm. but something did happen that it sounds like it stopped or it sounded like, you know, the Google app store and the Apple app store were like, Oh, we, we don't allow that. So like we, they blocked versions of the app before mm-hmm. they were able to do that sort of thing. But also like I, I've, here's a whole other side tangent. I, <laughs> I've, I've done commercial video as as a side hustle as part right. of the way of earning my living uh, i used to do it more before the channel had had its legs under its better and and stuff like that i shot this convention like two three years in a row mm-hmm. it was a big data convention right thousands and thousands Wait, of, like a big convention about data or a big data convention a big convention about big oh, okay. data a big is, a big d- convention about big data yes yes so it was Big, big so it was like, a big, big data convention. Thousands and thousands of people yes. doing these huge conferences and uh, conventions and, and 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 symposiums and stuff mm-hmm. like that, whatever you want to call them. And I'm in there with a camera pointed at the speaker, following them around on a stage. Every single speaker had basically the same thing that they were saying. For it was like a four day seminar that went on downtown San Diego on the bay. It was very beautiful, and the catering was wonderful. Uh, but they're all just talking about harvesting all this data all the time. Like all these apps are all harvesting all this data. And they're talking about the commercial value of all this data Mm -hmm. and this huge big data thing, all these servers and all these data points that they're harvesting from all these people, which is what every app on your phone and every device that you interact with, every television, every smart fridge, every, every single thing that you interact with is harvesting data points from you. And what I learned from these conferences and conventions is that they don't know what the fuck to do with any of it. <laughs> they, like they're just harvesting it all and selling like just data points. It's just right. big blocks of data points to like advertisers and the yeah. advertisers are going crazy, spending millions and millions of dollars on all this data, trying to figure out how to make it work for them. But no one knows how to make it work for them yet. Right. And like if Timu, or Amazon, or eBay, or all of them, I say if, they definitely are harvesting your data. They all are. And they're yeah. all trying to sell it. Right. They're not trying to steal, maybe some of them are, but they're, most of these 
companies are not trying to steal your identity. What they're trying to do is trying to predict if you're going to drive past a target this week so that they right. can serve you a coupon for 30% off of toilet paper. And that's the main goal of these <laughs> advertisers and why they're harvesting all this data. And they have this huge economy of trading it and buying packs of it and reselling it and right. trying to like squeeze some sort of value out of, out of all this data that they're collecting. And for all we know, like apps like Timu and even Amazon's and so on and so on, they're trying to get most of their profit from just selling this data that they acquire. That's just like user, blah, 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 dash, dash eight. And you like all these number codes or whatever did this action. And then 10 seconds later did this action. And then 10, like they're trying to predict human activity. Sure. Sure. There, there's an angle with all of these. And I know that there are levels of data acquisition. Right. So I, I will say that like if someone's trying if, to hack you, they're trying to hack you. Right. At least one of the articles that I read indicated that like, while for example, you, a company like Amazon might say user, user, San Diego, user, San Diego dash one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Maybe that's you. Right. 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 Uh, this is their buying habits over the last 60 days. And they sell that information to, whoever right 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 but the timu version of that might be user r r burke one two three four five six seven eight nine like it might be a little more information so there are different levels well what what, of what that information what might people, be right what what people were commenting and, and what the stories people were like that are kind of murky that like there was some data analyst that that analyzed like one of the apps that was the overseas version of the app. Right. And he said that it was going into people's photos and things like that and sharing GPS information. And like, yeah, that sounds super sketchy, but that's not the version of the app that you got off of the Apple or Google app store mm. in the States. Like, and, but, and hopefully if that stuff is going on, that they're catching it and they're blocking it and saying, you can't do that. But it's like the malware side of it, it seems so murky to me. Like, I don't know what right. other points we can make right. about it. But let's move on to I, slavery. I think, I think it's more likely that your data was breached by any of the other, you know, dozen big company data breaches in the last decade. Like, I know probably... 23andMe sold your password. Like, most, like of, most, of, my pass, most of my passwords uh, are... I think are compromised right now. And even, and as soon as I change them, there's another data breach. So it's like, what's even the point? Right. Right. Um, according to Google though, like I, at least I had at least a half, at least my junk password is compromised. And I use that junk password on a lot of sites. Right. So, uh, the slavery thing, uh, I think is the, it's the most damning. It's, it's the, the most, most damning. Serious sounding. It's potentially the most provable. It's, Potentially also the most widespread. But let's also say what it is and what it isn't. Because multiple commenters, multiple people, multiple people who have messaged us and people that I've talked to in person have been like, oh, Timu uh, has slaves. Right. They have, they have child slaves working at Timu. And I think that's what's in a lot of people's heads and maybe they do, but that's not the news stories that I was able to find. That's not yeah. the, like the information I was able to find. What it sounds like is that Timu's just not doing a good job of doing what other companies pretend to do. Right. And, and that job is trying to suss out 
which of their product suppliers, which mm-hmm. of their, because Timu is like Amazon, where it's like individual retailers selling through the site. They're not doing the footwork to figure out if these tens, hundreds of thousands of individual retailers that are selling through them are sourcing their goods from places that are or are not using forced labor. Right. And now, now ask me if I think the majority of sellers on Amazon are doing that, you know, like it, it's shitty. It's shady. Like it's, Unfortunately, the world that we live in, if you are buying, Mm -hmm. if you're buying things that are made in America, there's a, a decent chance they're being made by prison slave labor. I don't know if there's a decent chance, but, but there's, there's a chance. There's, there's a, there's a really good chance that you and I both own things or have bought products that were made by prison slave labor domestically. Right. Well, okay. So there's probably a few differences there. I don't, I understand where you're going. I think maybe the language you're using is a little too strong. Sure. Sure. Uh, as much as there are differences, but yeah, I I don't know that I would describe the American prison labor system while I would 100% say it's unjust. I don't think I would call it a slave labor system. It's uh, no, it's in our constitution. It's legal slavery. No, you have to, you still have to pay the people. You just don't have to pay them very much. Uh, at least my understanding is they're all paid. They're just not paid very much. They're not paid minimum wage. They're paid like a dollar. It's a, it's akin to slavery. I'm saying the difference is there's a whole conversation okay. that people are being harvested off the streets by law enforcement for to keep the so, slave population going. Right. So in, Right, right. But what's being discussed here in the case of Timu and the, case, get in the case of some other uh, brands is in the Xinjiang region of China or the Xinjiang province. Uh, there is a population of people who have basically are primarily Chinese Muslims. I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, which I should have, should have learned, but I haven't. It's uh, Uyghurs, I think is the pronunciation. You're allowed to mispronounce it because you're not, half Chinese. I will, I will probably not pronounce it again, but basically you have a entire ethnic group in China that are considered religious political dissidents, something like that. I right. do, I am 100% getting details wrong. Like we have prison camps. They have re-education uh, camps and they call them re-education camps. But the thing is, is the crime that these people, my understanding have committed is that they're Muslim. Right. So, what happens is they put these people into these camps. They call them re-education camps because I guess they're being re-educated to not be religious uh, or something. I don't, I don't, I have not gotten that far in looking right. into it. And part of their re-education is they have to work the cotton factories. Right. And or the fields this, or and whatever. And this is where it gets, gets very complicated from what I've read is that, the Xinjiang province makes some like the majority of the cotton in China, right. or at least the majority of the cotton that gets used for, it's a big textile fabric province. Like that's what they do. And so we passed a law in the United States, I think three years ago, three or four years ago, that basically says that when you buy 
clothing from China, you have to be able to trace that none of it came from this province. So this goes back to what you're saying is other companies, at least, and this is the way it was written in the article that I read is that Timu does not even present a facade was the word that was used of an attempt to prove that they are not using clothing that they're is just not even trying. The they're just not trying. Right. Whereas, like you said, other companies, like if you're buying clothing from AliExpress, they're at least pretending it's not from there. Amazon, who knows? Like, I'm not well, saying when Amazon you, you does it, or doesn't. Once right? you're getting something from Amazon, it is coming through an outside seller who had a source that Amazon doesn't know about, who had a source that Amazon no, exactly. doesn't know about, who had a source. Like, it all, like, it, like, I was, I was, I worked in the apparel industry for uh, about four years. I was seeing where things were coming from. I was seeing yeah. the prices that embroidered sweaters, printed shirts, manufactured shirts, manufactured pieces of apparel. I was seeing what we were paying. Right. And a shirt, I, this was in 2004 through 2008. Sure. A, a t-shirt yeah, that so, you that you buy from any store, whether it's a high fashion brand or whether it's the bottom barrel at at uh, at, at Walmart or whatever. Just, just say the words Triblend and Gildan. <laughs> but anyways, the the company that you think you're buying from that that prints the the brand that you think that you're buying from, right? They all buy from the same places. Yeah. All, all of the brands buy from the same manufacturers. Like it's mm -hmm. like they buy different qualities of shirt that cost different things, but a high quality shirt, if you buy it in enough bulk, it's under a dollar or at least it was, it's under a dollar per unit. Mm -hmm. And then you go to the store and you pay in between $12, maybe up to 40, 50, $60, depending on what's printed on it, depending yeah. on what's embroidered into it, yeah. what brand is associated with it. And I guarantee, and and the most most of what we were buying back then was coming from Mexico. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm not super familiar with Mexico's uh, agriculture, but I don't think of them as a source of cotton. I don't. I never hear about Mexico's cotton fields. So they were getting cotton from somewhere else, and that cotton was being woven into yardage and fabric in one location, but then the raw materials were coming from a, a farm who knows how many thousands of miles away from there. And it's all just these steps oh, and bad, steps and steps. Bad news, Ryan. What? Uh, Mexican cotton is the most widely planted species of cotton in the world. Well, I just learned something, <laughs> but still like Mexicans have been cultivating cotton since 3,500 BC. I should have Googled. <laughs> But still, like you get the point that I'm getting at here. Mexico is ranked in the top 15 countries globally for cotton production. We pay we pay tens, dozens, hundreds of dollars for products here in the state in the Western world that was manufactured for pennies. Right, and everyone along the path gets their cut. Yeah, there, there's always an understanding in these manufacturing chains. Uh, and when for, you get, for every item, right? right. Like, and if let, let, let me finish. And sure. When you we, when you get to the very beginning, where where it started, the profits are so slim. Yeah. The money is so slim that you 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 have to be aware. You have to be aware.
that either it's it's an industry that's being subsidized subsidized mm-hmm. by the government overseeing where it's coming from. Like a lot of our farming is subsidized mm-hmm. to maintain prices, to maintain quality of life for the people involved. Unless it's being subsidized, the, the, the quality of life is going to be really, really low if you're buying something that's affordable at all. Right. Like you, every single one of us is contributing to misery in the world through consumerism. Like it's the, it's the reality of it. Yeah. All right. You make points so, now. So there was, there was a thing. Um, uh, one of the comments was like, this is a, chi- a child labor guitar. So, okay. So the first point with the, with this slaver thing, it's, it's a bullshit situation. It, it, it sucks. Um, but it seems like it's very limited to textiles from what, from what I've been able to tell, it's pretty much limited to like the clothing industry. Well, the clothing uh, industry historically has as right, but been I'm saying in this horrific. in this specific case of like Chinese sure slave labor, like this is limited to the textile industry, which doesn't excuse it. If Timu's dealing in that, it seems at right. least at this point not provable. Well, I, uh, I want to be I want to be very clear that I am I do not want to sound like I'm excusing any of this. I want to say that I'm pointing out the reality of what it right. is. Um, and then, so the thing that there's two things, one, uh, so the, I don't think the guitar was made, like the guitar parts are being made by slaves. Um, as far as child labor goes, I mean, that's a whole other topic that I can't say that China is or isn't using child labor. What I will say is that there are significant efforts in the United States to lower the working uh, the the minimum working age, and also to decrease uh, safety standards. Yeah. There are meat packing plants in the United States that have taken on at over I think half a million dollars in fines in 2023, uh, and the companies just pay them right because they don't care because it's cheaper to keep the child. Yeah, and they and the and workers. for that injury yeah. thing, that's how they found out because they have kids. I say kids, they have teenagers. So our current labor laws basically say that 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 if you are under the age of 18, you can only work until like nine o'clock at night or something. Yeah, it's like limited and, hours. And like, I think you have to have a sign off from a, a guardian yeah. like in in between to, to do anything in between 15 and, and 16 or something like that. Yeah. I don't, so I don't so these companies are hiring uh uh, teenagers and younger. I think the youngest they found was a 12 year old who was working a graveyard shift in a meat packing plant where, because it's off hours. So their job is to clean. Right. And the way that they found out about this is there were multiple kids who like injured themselves on the, on the saws. So this is some like 1920s right. stuff. But this is, that's, like, this that's is a kids world getting that, their arms cut off in the loom. There are, kind of there are thing. politicians who are pushing for this to get back to this in our country yeah. there are politicians trying to push policy through to get back to children losing limbs in meat packing factories yeah. like we might as well put it they, they probably want to put them back in in the coal mines and stuff like what, it's one of the things that gets thrown it out. is a global evil it's yeah. not it's not inner it's not outside it's not just outside the u.s it's here it's here uh, one, one of the things, and, and I, I kind of want to, I'll, I maybe will, do you have anything else to say? Well, I, well, we do have to put a bow on it at some point. Yeah, So I'm going to try to put a bow on it right now. Okay. I'll, first I'll, thing, I'll, I'll put, you put a bow, I'll put a bow. 
the first thing I'll say is is one of the things that's that gets thrown out a lot, and, and it's kind of it. I feel like it's so trite to to become meaningless. Is you know, oh, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. Like whether you're buying from a mom and pop, your local mom and pop, or you're buying from Amazon, it doesn't matter. Um, and and I think that's where that argument is because a lot of times a mom and pop is buying tr- sell, buying and selling trinkets that they you know they bought on AliExpress and now they're gonna sell it for three dollars and they bought it for a dollar and, and it all ties back. Um, but I I think that's where some of this comes in is it's like we're kind of all complicit in it, but we're also currently all living in a you know if they want to call it post or late stage capitalism or. Sure or whatever, um, that's where we live. And so we do the best that we can. I would say what I try to do is to do the best that we can for my, me and my family within reason to participate in a local capitalist society while doing some, you know, level to of minimum, hopefully global damage. And there's a, there is, there's a balance in that. And I don't know that anybody really has one. Every single person I know who said, Oh, there's no ethical consumption is posting from a phone or posting from a computer. They're buying internet from, they're wearing clothes They're wearing clothes that they did not make themselves. Right. Do you know anyone who owns a loom? I know a couple of you. I I know at least one person. But Do you know anyone who is like mass producing anything with those looms? So I, 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 all that to say is my bow is that I don't know what the answer is. And then I'll let you say your thing. And then I have one final thought, I think. <laughs> okay. we got multiple bows here. Um, yeah. I, I agree with what a lot of, what is what a lot, what, what Steve said. Um, from what I've seen and what I've read, Timu just seems like, a hyper exaggerated version of what we all already do. We're all on Amazon. We're all on eBay. We're all on reverb.com. We're all buying things that were either made or made with components that were made elsewhere in questionable conditions. Like if you bought an Apple product, if you bought a Behringer product, like there's articles on the books telling you that people commit suicide at those facilities and that people are not having a great time manufacturing the trinkets that we buy. This is about Timu is full of trinkets, most of which are worthless. And I will say that something I really like about working in as a, a guitar product demo channel guy is that in a lot of ways, none of this matters. No one needs a pedal. Mm-hmm. No one needs a guitar. No one needs an amplifier. You can make the argument that professional musicians need their equipment. Yes, they do. The vast majority of the industry is propped up by people who don't need anything. They're, they're trinkets. They're amusements for us. Another fuzz pedal is an amusement for us. No one's going to die if they don't have a fuzz pedal. But on the other side of it, are we contributing to putting more misery in the world by buying these cheap trinkets? And people will be like, oh, you do affordable board. I do affordable board. Yes, I do. And one of my goals of affordable board is to keep people from buying useless shit. 
Like when I did when I did the affordable board video with Josh Scott, mm-hmm. he was like, "Oh wow, wow, these actually sound really great." And then I was like, "Yeah, but you should see the the stack of totes of stuff I had to get through to find the eight pedals that sound really right. great." Because right. there's a lot of stuff that people just shouldn't buy, and that's kind of a bigger purpose of the affordable board is showing the stuff that's like that didn't sound good. Oh, that's just kind of like another muff. Like you could get yeah. any muff, you know, like like. I think there's I'm, a lot of stuff that you just shouldn't buy I because think I'm it's not good enough. Five small totes. Each I've got one, a stack of totes this each high. Each one of those totes probably has, I don't know, 20, 25 pedals in it of things that aren't on the affordable. And every, every time, every now and then we find something that's like, that's, that's a solid buy from the affordable. But most of it is like, I hope that you didn't buy it. Yeah. I hope that I helped keep people from buying this, you know, this rebranded thing, that's just another mystery overdrive that kind of sounds okay, but wouldn't you rather have something that sounds more special to you mm-hmm. or something that's made by someone that uh, you can talk to on Instagram or something like that? Someone that's got some personality behind it. Uh, none of this stuff needs to be justified. We're all existing in this world where th- this is the way things are. If this was a just world, there'd be more guillotines. That's my that's my stance. If this was a just world, we wouldn't be looking at each other like, how dare you buy that? We should be looking up at the hill like, that guy over there, he owns the misery factory. Yeah. We should bring him down to the town square uh tonight. Let's let's go get him because he's he's putting misery into the world. We should be looking up the ladder to figure out where the stuff is coming from, where the misery is coming from. Right. And, and I, I suppose, and this is, are you, I want to make sure you completed your thought. That was a complete thought. I don't know. Um, I, one thing we talked about you and I before, and, and I think you've maybe mentioned once and I, and I did watch the guitar video specifically. Like you said, you do the little Timu spiel at the beginning and then you do like 35 straight minutes where you pray, basically, I think only mentioned them one or two more times. I, it, and then you I, mentioned it at the very end. If I mentioned them, I'm like, there really wasn't a lot of selection right. to pick from on Timu. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think, um, and I think to that, uh, one of the things that you've said is, well, I mentioned them once the video just is me having fun building guitars it's really a video about building guitars it's not a video about timu and they paid you for it and so there is as far as i'm concerned i'm stealing from timu because i'm not i don't think i'm giving them a return on what they're paying me right i think that the viewers i think some of the viewers i'm showing the stuff that i got um, from timu sucks i think some of the viewers are in that leave comments are in good faith trying to communicate their discomfort sure. with you working with Timu. And I have, I, um, I, just, I have no problem with that. I haven't deleted any comments yeah. from any of those people. I'm, I make more leave it all the, be as educational as you want in the yeah. comment section, like, like rant, go for it. Just like lay and, it all out there. That's and, fine. And to that, I think that when people watch the videos and they go in the comment section and they see all of these, you know, maybe that will, will, raise some red flags and i'm not just saying that about timu i let people trash for that for every brand for any brand that i that i work with if if like there's brands that i love like you know we love chase bliss we were talking about fuzzrocious i love fuzzrocious if someone went on one of my old fuzzrocious videos and started tearing apart fuzzrocious and making all these accusations i'd leave it up right let people see it if if ryan wants to come in and defend himself he can like i don't take that stuff down yeah i'll just say that i think the Timu videos are 
on the darker side of the gray space of reviewing things. And I think the way that you're, that you're handling it is about as neutral as it actually can be, because you're not like buying, like if you were to, we talked about this earlier, like if you were to build a guitar from all parts, parts that you bought from WD music or from all parts or from Warmoth or whatever, right. One of these companies that really specializes it, um, like, you'd probably be like, oh, well, I'm, I I partner with Seymour Duncan to build this guitar. Check out these cool pickups and whatever. But in the team of videos, like, I wanted a single coil sound in addition to this humbucker sound, so I ordered these. And it's very neutral tone. Well, there was literally different. There was literally two bodies on Timu that I could buy. Mm-hmm. One of them they wouldn't let me buy. <laughs> probably right. it was too expensive or the profit margin was too rough for them. So I really only had one body I could choose from. There was only a couple necks on there. I went with the one that was the weirdest looking. Mm-hmm. I bought a bridge. It wasn't the only bridge, but it was, they all were about the same price and the bridge sucks. Yeah. The pickups are actually fine. Like the neck pickup, that single coil actually sounds fine. The The pick guard did, did not fit and needed to be modified. Right. Like there were all these little issues I, I ran into. It was not a glowing review. It, no. was, it wasn't like, here's this thing I spec'd out and I spent all this time figuring out exactly what I wanted and then I got it. No, it's like I had to glue down a fret. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... Like it, so, so here's my actual. I hope you have closing thoughts because this is my closing thought. That was my closing thought. Um, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to do another video for Timu. I don't need to. Like financially, I'm not in a place where I need to. It's not like I'm not going to get those bills paid if I don't get that check. Mm-hmm. But there's something very entertaining to me. There's the the the, the troll gland. In my brain, if that's where it lives, it might be in my butt. <laughs> the, the troll gland in my butt, it inflames what? and engorges oh, when God. I think about what nonsense I could get up to with them paying me to make that nonsense. Like, I could get the dumbest stuff on there and and do dumb things and, and show, like, this is the trash that you find on here and get paid to do it. Like there's something about that that is enticing to me and entertaining to me. Mm -hmm. And you either understand that or you don't. I hope you do understand it and you can see where I'm coming from and why that might light up parts of my brain and excite me. Uh, But I don't need the money. It's not, it's not a need thing. I can pass it up. I can, I can, I can decide to not work with Timu and that week I'll just work with someone else. Cause I, I, I'm typically booked out about a month or so. Okay. I have a question. And I want to know what what do people think? Should I try should I try to get that money and get weird with it? Should I get the money and be weird with it? Or should I walk away? I have a question. Ask the question. I, have a question. Uh, I could I could make that as a YouTube poll. We got like two thousand do a poll two thousand responses on our last poll. I know. You could do it, but I'm not gonna make a decision based on it. Okay. I will make a decision based more on well thought out comments. Okay. I'll say that. Here's a question an hour 20 into the episode. I know. Uh, here's a question I have. Is your Timu link an affiliate? Is your code? Is it an affiliate code? No, it is not an affiliate code. No. Regardless of that. Cause even if Sweetwater, when, or I should say like when, okay, here's my final statement on this. Okay. We make it to video for Timu. We make a video for Chase Bliss. When we say Chase Bliss sponsors the show, if you go to chasebliss.com and you buy a pedal and you say, well, what we want you to do is 
Hey, I bought this pedal because you guys sponsor 60 Cycle Hum. We get no money from Chase Bliss. We no. just want you to let them know that you heard about them from our show or that we were the ones that pushed you over the edge. When you go to Stringjoy, we want you to click the link, not because we get, I'm, and I'm not saying this because they're sure, sponsors, sure. Uh, not because we get a cut, but because this is a company we believe in. You know, um, but they also they also do they 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 send us money and Steve and I yeah. use that money to pay bills. You know, J a lot of the pedals back here, Chase Bliss or not? I already said Chase JHS, Cattle and Bread. A lot of these Fender. You buy Fender. a Fender guitar from the Fender website. Let them know that you like Ryan's review. They do actually have an affiliate program. I'm not on yeah. it. I I've debated all, whether I should all look of that to say is there are a lot of brands that we stand behind. I don't give a fuck if you ever buy anything from Timu. I honestly don't. Like I'm done. That no, that's the end. No, All right, I, let's do the I last half. I hope you guys don't buy anything from Timu. <laughs> like literally, I want to have fun making nonsense content and getting paid for it and laughing all the way to the bank. Like I can't <laughs> believe they paid me to make this shitty content about their shitty products that they sell. Like that's where my heart is with Timu. All right, I, I'm gonna be right back. I have to piss, Steve. Oh, okay. Well, you, you warm Ryan. it up. Like you, you read the thing. Let's see if there's a thing to read here. This is from Matthew Good, but this bass is Matthew Bad. Sold, I don't know how, unusual, handmade, right-handed. How is this right-handed? I guess it is right-handed. Fretless bass guitar, Wilkinson. I actually looked at the pictures uh, before I, because the, the text was all the way at the end. Very unusual custom body with hand carved detail it's a lover or a hater upside down headstock body has been converted to right hand uh mac i think that was supposed to be neck has been quote defretted all the pickups hardware tuners are wilkinson jack has been rerouted to the back to suit right-handed players unsure what else to say about it other than it's actually really nice quality it plays and sounds great. Just whether the look is for you might suit industrial math rock noise band. If this is for an industrial math rock noise band, we need to, this was bought for 99 pounds in Kettering, England. Do you think Joe Branton owns this bass now? Did he see this ad? <laughs> he Did he see this ad and see that it was for a math rock band? What is math about this? Is it the fact that the carving of the hand is like, yeah, one, two, three, that's math. I don't, I do not understand this at this all. This is a hot pile of nonsense. Uh, you know why it's a right-handed guitar? Because the because the hand that's carved into it is the right hand. No, it's not. It's a left hand. Wait, dude. No, you're right. It's a that's right the hand. right hand. The right hand. And it's making the Spider-Man hand for some reason. It's like, like the Rock. It's like trying to do the Rock. I think in I think in the UK they put they stick. That's I love you. Maybe that's why this guitar is a lover or a hater. This is this is my my mom taught me when I was a kid that this means I love you. That's American meant, sign language. But this meant Satan. That means that means goat. Because it was I love you. That was that was Oh my god, I've never heard that. But also this just means go horns. Or is this you, go this go, go horns? horns? Go horns. And then I like <laughs> Look because like Ryan, Ryan, you're okay, Texas. These, Texas football, but that's Spider Man. This is horn. No, go that's Spider Man. That's Spider Man. That's Spider Man. This, this is a Spider Man base. It's a right-handed <laughs> Spider Man base. Uh, so I I grew up in Christian circles. I mean, you know, I'm still a Christian. I, I played in church and stuff like that. I only recently stopped. But the the 
the teens in the nineties, the things that they would say, cause they all wanted to do what they saw on MTV and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Oh, the rock and roll horns and stuff like, Oh no, that's rock and roll. If you do that, that's devil worship. Like that was, that was the distinction this amongst is, uh, my group of teens. This is the coyote. This is a, I have no idea. This is like wolf pack. It's all nonsense. None of it means anything. None of it matters at all. In, te- in Texas, in Texas collegiate football, there's like, I think four hand signals. So there's like the horns. I forget who the wolf pack is, but there's like a wolf pack. The, the, uh, the, there's a school that's the, the frogs. I think, I think, uh, what school is the frogs? Someone will know. Is it Texas? No, Texas A&M is someone else. So they do like this, like this is a frog. I don't know. Texans. Tell me what, why this is the, tell them that why this is like the gigum. They call it gigum. It's and a then, thumbs up. And then Baylor, Baylor is the Bears, so they go, rar. We're the Baylor Bears. This is my favorite one. Yeah. Lizards. Cool. <laughs> if you do it just right, there's a tongue in there. Ah. That's weird. You never Stop did that? that? No. Ah, you ever do this, Steve? Ah. <laughs> I did I do that. I did do that like four times a day. <laughs> uh, okay, what what, uh, what school is this, Steve? That is the uh, uh that is the uh New Jersey uh <laughs> South School of Magic. This guy wants 99 pounds for this. That's a great price. I said get it. 99 pounds you could, if you bought this and harvested all the Wilkinson hardware off of it and put on something else it's probably it's worth it. It's got a ha- it's got Spider-Man hand carved into it. It should have been painted Spider-Man theme somehow. I, I have to assume that was the plan at some point. I don't think this was ever supposed to be Spider-Man. This is totally Spider-Man. It looked You're every part. All the wood parts look so rough. Even the neck. Like, what did they What did they do to make the, the headstock and the, the they, neck look so they rough? They painted it badly. They painted it really, really bad. But it's 99 pounds, man. Go get it. It's got Spider-Man's hand on it. All right, Ryan. He's, it, this base is a menace. I got one. <laughs> I got one more joke. Give me your joke, Steve. Is this base made out of like lead? Like, why is it so heavy? 99 pounds? Oh my gosh, shut up. All right. AVC. <laughs> this is a long episode. I wanted to do a type 45 we've tonight. Been, we've been doing longer episodes. We must miss each other because we're talking more and uh, more. What do you, what's your, what's your adventures club for this one? You got, you got I really like looking at that carbon. I like the carbon too. I think that's it, it, because it's a find. Like yeah. how often do you get to see that? You know, yeah. like most of those old carbons I've only seen like, like scans of old catalogs. Yeah. You don't, are we down for get, old carbon? We're down for old carbon. Congrats, Matt Carnavali. You are this week's winner. Congratulations. Tell me about the song, Steve. This song was sent by Ger, Gerhard. He told he sent to how his pronunciation. He says pronounced it like Gary Hard without the Y. So that's Gerhard. Here's one more MP3 with plenty of intertwining guitar tracks, including acoustic. Other than the acoustic, all guitars are recorded with pedals direct into DAW. No emulators or IR. Well, I have nothing against those tools. Thanks for listening. Love your show. Gerhard Vogel from Minneapolis downloading the song. Here we go. Hopefully it plays. I never checked my connection.
That was great. That was fun. I really liked it. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Stay grounded.